stay tuned. We'll get into the conversation right after these quick ads. All raindrops. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, it's not my fault that the holidays approach in the middle of one of the most explosive episodes of the Real Housewives of Potomac history. Not since the Monique and Candace altercation during season five of Potomac Housewives has there been a messier situation to where Black Twitter and social media has had a debate over who's right and who's wrong. So without further ado... You all are about to hear my opinion, or facts, about (laughs) the infamous drink tossing that Mia did on Dr. Wendy. But I could not do this episode alone, so I'm joined by my good friend and also, listen, fellow YouTube podcaster himself, in addition to one of the favorites guests we've had on Reality with the King, you know it. I'm talking about DJ Richie Sky. What's going on? Hey, Richie. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How was your holiday? It was amazing. I got to spend some time with my family, so you know that was always good. Yes, yes, yes. Likewise. So look, we got to just jump right into it because the raindrops have been asking me for two weeks to do this episode, <laughs> and now that the holidays is over with, And we get an opportunity to just talk about not just the fight, but in addition to that, that insane mid-season trailer that we're also going to get into. So let's get things started. Here I am sitting in my living room on a Sunday night. I just got home from shopping for Thanksgiving. And, you know, I had a lot of people over, so I had to prepare for that. I'm watching the episode I'm going to be very honest. Uh Uh-oh. I was triggered that entire episode, and it took everything in me not to go on Instagram Live. You know how, like, Beyonce says she has (laughs) Sasha Fierce, and sometimes Sasha Fierce wants to come out alive and, like, do her thing? Yes. And Beyonce has to control her? So, Carlos King's Sasha Fierce is Cortez. He's messy. And Cortez wanted to come out. But of course, I'm like, you're a businessman. You got to save this for the podcast, child. So, (laughs) but Richie, I was triggered. You know, I want to know what triggered you the most. What triggered me was this. And I'm going to. I'm going to explain it in in, in two situations. I'm going to explain it as Carlos King, the human being, and as Cortez, the executive producer. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Cortez. Reality TV. (laughs) Honey, Cortez is a mess. So I'll explain it in this way. I was triggered by how no one had Wendy's back. Mm. Because at the end of the day, that's not reality. And I'm going to explain to you guys why. I worked on Atlanta Housewives, as everyone knows. I worked on New Jersey Housewives. I have never in my life or career have been around a group of people. In this case, the cast are full of women. Where someone nucks and no one bucks up to defuse the situation. 
I was disturbed by Robin taking her iPhone mm. and recording a video of it mm. because that that's not... As someone who minored in psychology in college... <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Dr. Drew. It's Dr. Lowe's here. <laughs> that's not human... That's not natural human behavior. Like, when... When when you're when you're friends, right? And I know in, in the case of housewives, that word is used loosely. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a situation and you see a group of your friends in air quotes having this situation, why is your natural instinct to pull out a camera phone? And I know you guys are about to say, but Carlos, in real life, people do that in worse situations. However, in those situations, there's not a, a full-time camera crew also filming it. Mm, okay. So if I'm across from somebody getting a drink thrown in their face, I'm not going to pull up my phone and laugh and, and, and take video of the hysteria that ensued. I'm going to defuse it. I was disappointed in Robin. I was also disappointed in Giselle. I don't care if you guys are mad at me or not. I like to keep it all the way real. Giselle Bryant is the force multiplier, the queen bee, the face of the Real Housewives of Potomac. Mm-hmm. It's to the point now where she may be one of the faces of Bravo. The Real Housewives of Potomac is Giselle Bryant's show. Love or hate her is her show. And when you are the force multiplier of the show, that means you control the energy in the room. And I was disappointed that Giselle Kobe Bryant, as the queen bee of the show, did not say okay, this is getting too far, and and tried to diffuse it. And that just left me disappointed because I felt like those ladies chose a good scene versus trying to be a good person. Mm. But was it a good scene? Oh, mm. your turn, Richie, honey. Uh, <laughs> preach. Go ahead. Let me hear your thoughts, honey. Go. Now I'm gagging. <laughs> I always say we watch reality TV, you know, to be entertained, right? And we also watch it to feel something. And I and I I say that a lot when I'm when I'm recapping the shows. I want to feel something. Want to feel, you know, either laughter or you know, I might feel a little triggered and a little angry about something about the way that someone is treating someone else, but. In general, I shouldn't be triggered in this way. And this whole scene to me was triggering. I felt the same as you, honestly. I felt like Dr. Wendy in that instance did not have a friend in that room um, because I felt like a real friend would have taken the moment that drink was thrown at her. They would have taken her out of the room. I would have taken her out of that situation. We would have gotten a car and we would we would have went home. If that was my friend, because I'm looking at Dr. Wendy and I know I'm like, girl, Similar to you, what you said, you you leave Cortez at home, okay? And so in that instance, <laughs> yes. we don't need Cortez, okay? Because Carlos got things to do, similar to Dr. Wendy, right? So as if I'm her friend, I know, okay, I can't let you be in a situation like this. Let me get you out of here because this whole thing is escalating. Robin picking up the phone and recording that to me was the one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen, especially when... We see this happen a lot on social media. You know, people pick up the phone and record fights. It ain't like they sending it to the police, okay? If that's the case, then, mm. I mean, it, it felt to me like it was it was going to World Star, okay? Like, what are you picking up the phone for at this point? And she only picked it up when Wendy got up out of her seat. 
So to me, it was looking very much like Giselle and Robin. Um, Giselle, what? Kobe, Kobe Bryant, Robin, uh, uh, and Robin. Giselle, Kobe. Uh, you know <laughs> yeah. them, them people. Um, I was disappointed in them because oh. I felt like they had so much to say. It was so egregious. You know when Monique and Candace got into it. Oh God, I can't be associated with this. And all of a sudden. You see Robin with a phone out, smiling and laughing and basically telling Wendy to fight or not to fight. And then you got Gis- the thing about Giselle that bothered me so much was not so much what she did. It was what she did not do. Similar to what you said. She was yes. very flippant about the whole thing and just like ready for dessert and just kind of watching all the action go down, not recognizing, OK, you know what? This is probably going a little bit too far. Because it, it was too far before, but suddenly it's not. No, I could I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And as someone who used to work on Atlanta Housewives, and I'm going to bring up a few examples. <clears throat> I remember having a conversation with NeNe Leakes. Because mm-hmm. uh, let's be clear. The Real Housewives of Atlanta is and always will be NeNe Leakes' show. Period. So this was during season six. Mm-hmm. And Kenya Moore was on an island. And if you guys remember season six, episode one, Cynthia had a white party to celebrate another venture. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ladies and the husbands and all of Atlanta was at this party. And Kenya Moore was mad at Nene for inviting her ex-boyfriend, Walter, to the wedding. Kenya did not show up to the wedding, um, but she was disappointed that Nene would invite Walter, knowing that Kenya and Walter had history. And God forbid, Kenya and Walter ran into each other. And that's when Nene told Kenya, no bitch is going to tell me who I can and cannot invite to my wedding, right? So that was episode one. Fast forward, Kenya Moore was on an island, season six. I had a conversation with Nene. And I said, look, this is your show. I cannot produce a show where one woman is being isolated from the entire group. Mm. What you and Kenya are going through ain't that deep. She didn't fuck your man. She didn't harm your children. She didn't do anything to warrant her being dead to you. I said, I need for you to make amends with Kenya because at the end of the day, it's not that serious. Now, if you want to tell me it is serious then let's have a conversation. And Nene said, it ain't that deep. I said, okay, fine. I said, I know human behavior. If the other housewives see you throw Kenya a bone, they're also going to throw her a bone because the queen bee of the show brought on this woman who they don't get along with to say to everybody, let's all have peace. And that's when, I believe it was episode two or three, that's when Nene brought Kenya to this lounge and the ladies had this Ponderosa and Phaedra says, Phaedra wore like this funeral tire and she said, um, you claim my husband had AIDS. It, it, it's that scene, guys. <clears throat> so if you guys remember, Nene brought Kenya to face the fire, but in, a, in an attempt to make sure that all the girls can at least move, move forward. Right. And that's what you do when you are the queen bee of the show. I wanted Giselle Bryant, at minimum, to get up and say, all right, guys, enough is enough. It's gone too far. This is not what we do. Because you cannot sit up here 
on your podium, season five, and call everything, I'm sorry, and call Monique everything but a child of God for what she did. And what Monique did was wrong. And Monique admitted Candace did not deserve that. That came out of Monique's own mouth. So I'm not saying things that she didn't say. She said that. I thought it was a healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. To see that Wendy was not given that same grace was disappointing. And I'm going to go a bit further. I also want the production to step in more because I didn't like the whole comedic elements of calling Robin RMZ, like TMZ. Like, you can't, you can't editorialize your opinion when there's a scene that is disturbing. You have to let the reality play out. Um, you doing that makes it appear, and I'm not saying they felt this way. I'm saying as a viewer, and this is where um, Carlos King, the human being, steps in, as a viewer, it made it seem like you guys also felt it was funny and there was nothing funny about that moment. And as somebody who has seen Portia get into situations, a lot of people know me, Richie, because I was the security guard. <laughs> I prevented Portia from getting in trouble a lot of times. Season seven, um, you guys remember being on the, the girls being on the boat. Yeah. Portia and Cynthia had this intense moment. I, Carlos King, a producer, saw Portia almost lunge at Cynthia. I ran and tackled Portia because I love Portia so much that I was like, I don't want you to do anything that you're going to regret. I, I, I don't want that for you. I did not decide to just stand there and say, well, girl, let me just see what you do and we'll follow it and let's make a funny moment out of it. As a producer, you have the responsibility to make sure that, at best, you prevent your cast from endangering themselves. And my last example is going to be Richie. Love and Marriage Huntsville, this, this current season, had a big moment between Miss Wanda, Melody Martell, and, and the men. And one thing that I gave my producers props on is they all stepped in in order for it not to be worse. Mm -hmm. and, and when you watch that episode of the Love and Marriage Huntsville Melee... Again, nobody punched each other or anything, but it was a, a big sort of like pushing around. We as producers did not editorialize that moment and made things funny. Yeah. In, in terms of adding our two cents into it. So I'm with you. I was disappointed in a, a lot of people. And whether or not you like Wendy is neither here nor there. It's to the point where I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I wouldn't either. I definitely wouldn't either. And I and I, I I did think about the moment on Love and Marriage Huntsville this season because I knew that these are, at least as far as we've seen thus far, on Huntsville, that was a big moment. But the thing about it was each person had someone there to cover them on Huntsville. Yes. You you had, they had family, whether it was Mel Melody and Martell, whether it was the, the Scots, you know, they had people there to if somebody else was thinking illogically, someone was thinking logically. No, we can't do this. Let's let's get this let's get this person out of here. There was really none of that for Wendy. Okay, and to be quite honest, when you really think about it, there was really nobody like that for Mia either. I mean, like to really no, really make it happen, except Jacqueline. But I felt like even she didn't do a good enough job. If that's my girl of fifteen years, no say to you, Miss Jacqueline. But if that's my girl of 15 years and I see you, like, turned all the way up, okay, 
I'm going to go ahead and get, I'm going I'm I'm to get you out of there regardless. That's just my thing in general. Like we can't, I can't have you in a situation. Carlos, I'm never going to let you, if I'm sitting here and we at dinner or something, you going at it with somebody like that. And I feel like Cortez is about to come out. I, we got to go, bro. We got to go. We're going to go get drinks somebody else. Because I have too much to lose. And that's why I agree with you in terms of Dr. Wendy has so much to lose. And somebody should have said, and listen, I'm not just going to say Giselle and Robin. I already said my opinions about them. I'm going to get Karen. Karen, at least what we saw this season, it appears you like um, Dr. Wendy. You didn't do anything either. You got up. Oh, my gosh. Did, did this really happen? Did water get on me? None of it, it was so fake. And, and the one thing that I think, oh my, I can't believe I'm saying this. Don't get me wrong, I love Potomac, but I gotta be honest, this season isn't hitting as past seasons have been because I feel like all of the women are having unlikable moments. And I just don't believe these women wanna be around each other. I, I, and, and I think, I, I gotta be real. I think this cast is more interested in trying to make a moment yeah. versus being in the moment. Yeah. And it's not coming across real. And the executive producer of the podcast, Jasmine, she tweeted recently that um, she's not sure if she can continue Potomac because these women are all unlikable and she doesn't believe for a second they're friends. And this is my warning to Potomac and everyone involved, be very careful. Be very careful. Because there's a balance between, all right, girl, I'm I'm about to get a moment, versus not living in the moment and allowing the reality to happen. And if you're not careful, you are going to have the same situation like other reality shows who shall remain nameless to where it's so unbelievable that they're friends and is going to result in the show receiving low ratings Mm -hmm. and not being the talk of the town. And I'm not going to say which show I'm talking about, (laughs) but there's another show where it's obvious, and I don't care what y'all say, it's obvious that those women aren't invested and it's obvious that there aren't women on that show who care to really be around each other. So look, Giselle, I'm going to put all the responsibility on you. It's your show. You're the force multiplier. And if you don't get this train back on track, it's going to fall off the motherfucking station. Mmm. Mmm. Can I ask you a question? As a producer, and I, I and I know that you kind of answered this earlier, but like when you see a situation playing out, when do you determine if the if if the energy is hot? When do you determine, all right, we gotta cut this scene and or we gotta let this play out? No, that's a very good question. So one thing about my listeners, they like me to go down memory lane and, and provide examples. I'm going to provide examples of Jersey Housewives and and Atlanta Housewives and the Love and Marriage franchise that I created. So, you know, when it comes to Jersey, we saw how Teresa flipped the table on Danielle and how um, Danielle was on an island and it was a challenge to get them in the same room together. But because 
Danielle, um, at that time, at that time, could not. Danielle, let me let me say, could not. Danielle did not want to make amends with them. I know for a fact that Teresa didn't give a shit. Teresa was like, I, honestly, Carlos, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, if she wants me to be around, we could be around. We won't be friends, but I don't mind being around the bitch. That was Teresa, <laughs> quote verbatim. Jacqueline and Danielle were best friends, but I knew that if I, I, could, I could convince them to possibly get back together. Danielle was adamant about not doing it, and that's why you didn't see Danielle after season two. Mm. That, that's just real talk. Okay. She could not get past the fact that I don't know how to um, get past this situation. Okay. And it didn't make sense anymore because, again, it would be unbelievable to think that Danielle would come back and be around these women. That's that. Atlanta Housewives, Portia versus Kenya, Kenya versus Phaedra. I never told anyone this. Season eight, when the cast of Atlanta Housewives went to the Philippines, Kenya and Phaedra had this very tearful moment in Phaedra's room where that season, Apollo revealed that he lied about Kenya wanting to meet him at the hotel. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with Kenya and Phaedra separately. And I said, I'm no longer interested. And if I'm not interested, I know my audience is it. I'm over this Phaedra versus Kenya. I'm bored. It was great season five, six, and half of seven. When Phaedra almost... Phaedra had an unester moment and wound up her purse <laughs> and was about to, yes, unester. Come on, Stephanie, son. Weezy, I'm about to join you, honey. Come on, honey. Yes. For my old heads. Yes, Stephanie, son. So I talked to them and I said, I cannot do another season where it's Phaedra versus Kenya. I am literally bored. You guys have to get past this. And that's where you saw the conversation. So to answer your question... You have to let the reality play out, but you also have to be mindful as producer when the reality is played mm. out, if you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, and Phaedra versus Kenya was played out, child. I was like, girl, I'm over it. F- Apollo admitted he lied. Phaedra, you got to give this woman some grace, mm-hmm. period. And Kenya, you got to allow her to explain to you why it was hard for her. And then you saw season nine at least the beginning of season nine, <laughs> they were good Be- because I stepped in. So that's why I have to talk to the production side of Potomac to where they got to step in and say, Giselle is your show. Get this shit back together and let's have fun with it. You and Karen beefing is hilarious because it's not that deep. Right, right. This whole thing with Chris having a Me Too moment, to, in my opinion comes across as produced. Um, I, 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 I don't think it has enough merit to the story, my opinion. And I'm, 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 I'm kind of disappointed we've been talking about it for these past few episodes. I think let's move on. Um, there's no merit to it, in my opinion. So I'm hopeful that Potomac can get past this dark space they're in and when I say dark, I'm going to be very clear. What Mia did to me is like, okay, you had a moment. Let's move on. I work with women on all these shows that had a moment. Yeah. I don't think it makes um, you a bad person. You had a moment. Let's move on from it. Um, I'm more talking about how other people reacted to it that made it more unfortunate and 
I think that is a conversation that I don't think anyone's having that we should have. I agree. I, I, I said it, I think, when I reviewed it. I hate the idea that a lot of times, you know, Black women and, and Black men on these shows get categorized as ghetto for taking actions that people on other shows have taken plenty of times. I literally just saw Jen Shaw t- pour a drink on a girl's head, literally because she didn't like that the girl had took her room on a trip. And nobody was really complaining about it. But I feel like we sometimes do that to ourselves. And I don't want us to do that because I oftentimes feel like, yeah, she had a moment, whether it was a calculated moment or whether it was a moment out of the heat of passion or whatever like that. I feel like we also have to keep in mind that, you know, these are people and they're going to mess up. Right. Um, But the triggering thing, like you said, was not just what she did, but it was the things that surrounded it and everyone else's reaction to it. Like it just never even happened. I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. Yeah, it was just, it was just a bad moment. So we'll see what happens at the reunion while it's addressed. You saw that Mia and Wendy's mother are going at it on Twitter. Um, Wendy's mother is the Mama Joyce, the Miss Wanda <laughs> of Potomac. I'm here for it. <laughs> and Wendy's mom read Miss Mia for filth, called her everything but a child of the high power God, Lord Jesus Christ, and Latter-day Saints. So this has potential to become bigger. (laughs) But based on the mid-season trailer that dropped, it looks like Karen and Sharice are going to have an epic showdown. And that, to me, is going to be comedy and conflict. So we saw Richie that... Sharice, because a lot of people felt like, okay, Sharice, why are you on the show? You haven't done anything but wore heavy eyelashes. That's what the, that's what the fans are saying. And I, lo- <laughs> and I love Sharice. And Sharice is on the upcoming episode of Reality of the King, and she drops all tea. Love you, Sharice. Um, but the girls are saying, Sharice, all you're doing is giving us heavy eyelashes. What, what are, why are you here? And we get to see Wendy clock in. I'm not Wendy. We get to see Cherise clock in and pretty much allege that Karen has a boyfriend. She sleeps with the help. (laughs) Cherise's words, not mine. And that Karen is having an affair with other men. What do you think, Richie? Ooh, well, this is nothing different from the tune that Cherise was singing when she left. So I'm not surprised that this is picked back up on. Um, And I wonder if this is also what Candace was referring to in her meetup with Ashley. Remember in that scene where her, which I thought was phenomenal. Can I actually, let me pause to say this real quick. Candace is probably, in my opinion right now, she and Karen are coming across as the most likable people on the show right now. To me. This is Candace's season. Candace is so likable this season. I, and as you know, 
I love Candy Gal. I'm a Candy Gal fan, and I'm I'm proof that you could love Candace, Monique, Giselle, and Karen Absolutely. all at the same time. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. This is this 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 season belongs to Candace and producers. I know you're listening. Wink, wink. Um, I need Candace to have first seat. Candace and Giselle. Yeah. Thank you. Continue. That makes sense. I um I, I just got chills when she was in the studio with Trina. It just it just felt it was a it was the best moment of the last episode to me, in my opinion. Um, but I wonder if that's where Candace got that rumor from in that scene with her and Ashley sitting there kikiing about Karen in the in the kitchen, right? So, but we also got the grand dom. But remind remind the listeners. Remind the listeners, okay. Richie, what they said in that scene, honey. Okay. The rumor was, according to Candace, allegedly Karen was sneaking out of town with somebody else, meeting up with somebody else for dinners and things like that, and that somebody was not Ray. Okay? So, I wonder if she heard this from Sharice. That's number one. But number two, I don't know if you picked up on the trailer, but there was a lot of talk surrounding Robin and Juan as well. Speak on it. Go ahead, Richie. Let the girls know. So in the trailer, we see Robin talking about maybe doing some type of private destination wedding and then Karen revealing some rumors about, you know, Juan having another woman allegedly that looks similar to her. And I was like, what? Now say what now? Another blonde? Give it to us, Karen. The <laughs> <laughs> blocks have more fun in, in, in Potomac, honey. Yes. It seems like it. Half of the cast is blonde. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. No, I caught that. And listen, listen, listen. There's been tons of rumors that Karen has allegedly fooled around with other men on Ray. Sharice is on next week's episode of Reality with the King. And all I can say is Sharice reveals a lot. Uh Uh-oh. Without revealing a lot, if you catch my drift. Um, I have heard also that... Listen, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just telling you what I heard. You know I know everybody Uh, in reality TV. I, I know everyone, Right. People have been in my ear telling me the same things for a while. I, again, don't know if it's true or not. That's Karen's story to tell. Um, As an avid viewer, I think if there is something going on, I think, this is my opinion, I think allegedly Ray is cool with it. I think Ray knows that the Viagra phase of his life has... um, expired. I think one thing I know about older married couples, and this is some tea for y'all. Mm, give it to us. When a when an older man marries a younger woman in their prime, mm-hmm. right? When he gets older to where the get up won't stay up, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> let's just let's just have a mental picture. No, <laughs> Come on, Ray. <laughs> The get up won't stay up, honey. Yes, right. I have been told that oftentimes when a man reaches his sexual peak, that he sometimes is fine with his much younger um, wife having um, rendezvous. That's what I heard. 
in terms of in terms of other older relationships where the man is older, the woman's younger. So there could be that understanding that um, Karen and Ray may have if allegedly this is true. Now you live in DC, honey. What have you heard in those <laughs> DC streets? Because you're not getting away with this, baby. Um, you know what's funny? Surprisingly, I have never heard anything about Karen and Ray. I've never heard anything about Karen and Ray. Never. Honestly, I never have. So anytime somebody mentions it on camera, I'm like, no, but I don't see Karen out like, actually, that's a lie. I saw Karen the other night. Okay, let me not lie. But Karen <laughs> Karen was in and who out was, of that who, event. Who was she with? Right. No, she was, she was by herself, actually. I think she was by herself. She came to see my friend Riley perform at her show. Karen was in and out. I didn't even get a chance to see or speak to her. Um, so that's always how I've seen Karen. She's in and out, okay? And if she's got a drink in her hand, she, she's, a, she's a ton of fun, and that's about it. That's what I can tell you. I have heard more about the Robin and Juan of it than anything else. That's what I've heard more about. You've heard that Juan has a bevy of beauties on standby, allegedly. That is the, that's what's alleged. And that's what the people are saying in the streets. Now, have I seen it with my own two eyes, as Nene says? No, I've never seen that with my own two eyes. I've never even come across those folks. I think they live so far out from here that I would not even come. I wouldn't even run into them. Someone said that Robin and Juan lives in Baltimore. I think it's just about there. It's just about that. And listen, you know what? People think that I have like some type of issue with Robin because you know she did block me. Um, and I don't really Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> hold up, wait a minute, back that thing up, Duty Brown. Wait. <laughs> Robin blocked you. What did you do, DJ? You're like the nicest person in the I, world. Everyone I loves really you. Am. And that's the thing. I, I don't understand. You know what it was? I think for me, I've always just wanted Robin to step out on her own and be her own person. Cause sometimes I kind of feel like she stands in the shadow of Giselle. And I was more interested in Robin seasons one and two. And I felt like then there was an urgency to the storyline that she had with her and Juan. It felt fresh at that time. You know, Ashley was all up in her business. She was forced to defend herself against, you know, Ashley and Katie. And so I felt like that Robin to me was was more authentic. And I want to see more of that Robin. This Robin here, it almost just feels like, how, girl, how long are we going to stretch this Juan and, and you storyline? Because I ain't interested. I'm not interested in you selling hats. I'm not interested in you doing, a, you know, picking up on the real estate. I'm interested in the real Robin. Like, where is she? Bring her back. That's what I want to see. So instead of Robin reading Wendy, like she did last season, about becoming this different person... The gag is you feel like it's really Robin who has become a different person and you want the old Robin back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you, honest, Carlos, if you, avid viewers of this show remember Robin, you know, pulling out that wedding dress and, you know, going down memory lane. And, and I think might have been her first scene on the show. 
And she was just so relatable in terms of, you know, things that, that were going on with their finances. I want to hear how they got back on track with all of that. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's the interesting part. How do you and Juan make a co-parenting relationship work between the two of you when things we, we know that things aren't what they used to be? I would rather see the truth of that than anything else, because at times he comes across as very uninterested in in where she's trying to take the story. And so to me, that's bothersome to see because it feels inauthentic. And I want authenticity when I watch my shows. I do, especially from somebody that I feel like has the potential to be great. Yes, I could not agree more. So Robin, if you're listening, we appreciate that you felt the need to step it up. But again, you got to be in the moment versus trying to have a moment. And you are coming across very unlikable this season. Again, love that you're clocked in, but make sure that the math is mathing when you do so. Yeah. Okay? Now, before I let you go, Richie, we got to talk about love and marriage, DC. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you're gagging. You're like, oh, really, bitch, we're going there? Oh. So. <laughs> I didn't know if you was going to go here Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, as the world knows, uh, Monique Samuels and Chris Samuels, who I both love and we love each other, there is no beef between Carlos King and Monique Samuels. And I want you all to know that. Um, Monique Samuels uh, will not be appearing in the second installment of Love and Marriage DC. And we are, you know, moving forward with the show. I have to say, and this is no cap because you know I don't lie. Baby, <laughs> this season is explosive. It's fantastic. Ashley is Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of Ashley in winter. You're also going to see a lot of the Tylers, Jamie and Arena, mm. dealing with their son, little Jamie, the first episode dives right into it, and this is one of the best season premieres I've seen. It is really good, and who knows? Maybe by the time this podcast drops or a few days after that, you all will know who officially is the new couple on Love and Marriage DC. And that's all I'll say. I cannot Wait, because you know the streets are a talking. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the one who likes to confirm things. So just know once it gets announced officially, I will talk about more stuff about Love and Marriage DC and what to expect. The show does premiere in January of 2023. And Guys, look, I know that a lot of you guys were like, mm, do we like DC, do we not? Because when you have a new franchise, it, it gets compared to its predecessor. So a lot of people compared it to the monster hit of Huntsville. But a lot of people also do love DC. I, I'll say this much. I will say this. This upcoming season of Love and Marriage DC feels like a brand new show. Wow. I was going to ask you about that. It feels like a brand new show. I was going to ask you about like, the- like, like Bell Collector. Yeah. Mm, I was going to ask you about the feeling of this new season. Like, I know you can't give us a date or anything like that, but I wanted to know how it 
felt as a viewer to to like put it all together and to edit it. It's listen, it's 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 an amazing season because at the end of the day, this cast is super strong and they were born to be in reality television. And when you bring in new faces, there's new dynamics. And Bell Collective season two felt like a brand new show. And that's what I'll compare it to. Even the reboot, if you if you if, if you want to call it a reboot. Uh, the Real Housewives of Miami on Peacock. Mm. How that this past season felt like a like, oh, yes. like the other four did not exist. Love and Marriage DC feels like a brand new show. So if you did not watch last season, tune in. You're going to love it. And if you did watch last season, again, still watch this one, but just know it's amplified in a way to where it's definitely more organic because. You don't have to spend a lot of time explaining the backstory to the audience. Gotcha. We're diving right, right into what's happening in these in these people's lives, and the last five minutes of the season premiere is going to make you gag, and that's all <laughs> I am going to say. I cannot yes! wait. No, Richie. <laughs> I know, baby, and I'll bring. Listen, I will. Invite you back so that we can recap the season premiere because I want you to hold me accountable. Like Carlos, you overhyped it, or like, no, bitch, you actually was telling the truth. So I will invite you back and we will dissect the season premiere of Love and Marriage DC, which again premieres January of 2023 on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Saturday nights are back to being lit up, baby. I cannot wait. And I just want to say this, too. Just also in defense of D.C., you know, people slept or didn't know about Huntsville for, like, at least almost to that second season. And then it blew up, and then you had to go back and catch up. Don't ca- don't be catching up. You can start this right now on the ground level. Get in on the ground level because... You don't want to miss a single second of this. DC is, I mean, I'm going to tell y'all, DC is lit. Now, I don't know what he got yet, just yet in terms of footage, but I can tell you that uh, if, if Potomac is anything to go by, you already know DC got it going on. Period. Yes. Okay, Richie. Where can people find you and follow you and support you? You guys can follow me at DJ Richie Scott on Instagram, Facebook, and on the YouTube streets. And I have a book coming out soon. Oh, congratulations. Yes, it's fiction. It's like, it's Housewives meets Bridgerton meets Scandal. I'll give you that. Ooh. Oh, honey, but when it's done, come back and and promote that too, child. (laughs) Well, we thank you, Richie, and I'll talk to you soon, my love. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag RealityWithTheKing. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and Brandon Nix. Engineering and music by Marcus Hum.
more sauce. 